0: Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: I came across organ meats, and I wanted that not to be true because I never wanted to eat them. But gram for gram, they are literally the most nutrient-dense foods in the world. You know, B vitamins, vitamin A, all the minerals that were missing. They're powerhouses, and they're kind of, like you said, this forgotten staple that our ancestors actually used to prioritize. They used to give organ meats to their young and to their pregnant, and these were very, very revered foods, and animals in the wild do the same
0: thing. Hey, what's going on, folks? And welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We are talking to the one and only Autumn Smith, who I consider like a low-key celebrity in the functional health space because she is the co-founder of Paleo Valley and Wild Pastures. She also holds a master's in holistic nutrition. She's a certified eating psychology coach and a certified FDN practitioner. Her passion for health began with her own struggles with IBS and anxiety. Despite a career as a professional dancer and celebrity fitness trainer, Autumn's own health was in shambles. She was desperate for a cure, and her and her husband stumbled upon the paleo diet in 2011, and within a month of beginning it, her health was completely transformed. Autumn then made it her mission to share the information she had learned with as many people as possible. She's now the co-founder of Paleo Valley, like I said, which is an organic whole food supplement and paleo snack food company that prioritizes nutrient-dense and food quality. In 2018, oh, I'm sorry, nutrient density and food quality. In 2018, she took things a step further and launched her second business with her husband, Wild Pastures, which is a regenerative pasture-based meat delivery service. I thought that was pretty cool. I know what I'm going to be using next time I'm traveling. And Wild Pastures makes supporting sustainable agriculture and local small farms easy for consumers she currently lives in boulder colorado with her husband and their son maverick i loved talking to her i had been using her products long before i ever knew she was even an fdn so to get to talk to her and understand where her passion comes from um, and learn a few things totally fun so without further ado let's get to the interview hey there autumn thanks so much for being here with us today
1: you're so welcome. It's quite an honor for me to be here.
0: Yeah, we almost did not make it, folks, <laughs> with this uh, internet connection today on my end, apparently. But we are good to go now. Audio only, so no worries there. Uh, but Autumn, I am so excited to do this interview. It's, in like my world at least, I look at you as a celebrity because I was using your supplements before I ever... Uh, knew that you were even an Fdn and my mom used them so I just think it's kind of fun to be able to interview some people like sports stars you're definitely celebrity in my book so <laughs> um, oh my I'd much rather be talking to you oh. um, but before we get into any of these awesome things that you're doing I would like to start the podcast out in a very similar way to how we do with other people and you know what I found is that typically people in the functional health space either have a personal health story or an indirect health story of someone in their family or you know, maybe kids or whatever. So I'd love to just start there, assuming that you have some health story of your own. Where did that start and what did those health symptoms look like at the time?
1: Absolutely. And I actually have both of those things. I have family members who have I've lost, who I really wish I uh, could have helped with this information. Um, but also, I started my health journey when I was about 10 or 11, and I started to have digestive issues like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd just be pain and one time I actually had my mom take me to the emergency room because it was so bad and oh they did all these tests and what we found out was I had irritable bowel syndrome is what they called it at the time. And we now know that's kind of a waste basket diagnosis, meaning we don't really know what's wrong with you. And so there's solutions for me at that time where take Beno or Gas X and, you know, this is a stress related condition. So go ahead and reduce stress too. <laughs> and then, so I did that. And as I became a teenager and life became even more stressful, uh, my digestive issues kind of morphed into mental health issues. I started having anxiety and depression probably because you know partially because I couldn't control my symptoms and so it was so intermittent and unpredictable that it really did start to make me feel hopeless and then put anxiety on top of that now we know there's this gut brain connection that yes you can think things that will make you feel anxious or make you have a tummy ache but also we know these microbes in our stomach can actually release toxins that can get into the brain and can cause um, mental health issues so that's what I had going on. And no one again had any it, uh, any solutions for me at that point. So they just put me on antidepressants and I had a horrible experience. They just did not work for me. They did not make me feel like myself. I, had, I always joke that I had one thought an hour and I couldn't even keep my head off of my desk. And so I, at that point, I became really hopeless. I was probably around a junior at, in high school. And so I just decided, well, you know what? I'm going to just have to make it through every day. And I got into substances. I drank a lot. I started smoking a lot. I just used substances, anything I could get my hands on to help me kind of relax and not feel like I was in pain. And this just kind of continued until I eventually got kicked out of my parents' house before I even graduated high school. So I was really at the bottom. And fortunately, I had some friends and they had a really bad experience that kind of woke me up to, wow, this drug thing that I'm doing, this substance abusing thing, this isn't really the way that I should be going. And so I pulled myself up and at least went to school and I always loved dancing and learning. So I went to college, danced in a modern company, then moved to Los Angeles, became a professional dancer, ended up working for Tracy Anderson um, as a celebrity fitness trainer. And I was managing, but I wasn't thriving. I was, you know, I looked really fit, definitely not well. It wasn't until my husband met me, we moved in and he saw how much, much I was suffering in silence every day, that he said, we have to make a change. And the doctors in LA didn't have really any, any answers for me either. So we got on Dr. Google And he found the paleo diet. And back then in 2010, I think no one was really doing it, but I tried it anyway. And my transformation was so remarkable that I quit my job as a celebrity fitness trainer. And I went back to school and FDN is one of the programs that I did. I went and got my master's in holistic nutrition. I got training in eating psychology since I had experience with an eating disorder. And then I found FDN and all of those little pieces of the puzzle made me so passionate about how do i share this transformation i had because when my digestive issues went away i had no idea this would happen but my mental health started to improve i started to feel like that little girl i used to know and i just knew i had to be able to give this to other people so we created our company's paleo valley and wild pastures out of that and we can talk about that later but that was my kind of pain to purpose story um and it was a good one. <laughs> I had a yeah. lot of problems. <laughs> well,
0: this was, it was really interesting just hearing the first parts of your story there, because I did not realize how much our, our paths kind of um related. You know, I always had these digestive troubles as a kid, never diagnosed with IBS, but multiple times, um ending up in the hospital with severe stomach pain, just to like rule out like an appendicitis or something like that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I feel like I'd get some like Pepsi or something and that like a mega dose of it. And that was about it. But there was also these mental health issues. And again, I really just, I love your transparency and honesty with it because you know, it's not like you justified anything, but there's this clear path of, hey, I'm having these health issues. That's actually leading to the mental health things. And I'm sure – I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. Would it be fair to say that was a main contributing factor to the experiences you had with not even you know living in your parents' house anymore before you graduated high school, right?
1: Oh, I 100% think so. I think it Mm -hmm. was an extension of the hopelessness. And then also, I think it is partially the psychiatric drugs. They kept me trying different ones. And, you know, my behavior kind of got a little out of control with each different attempt. And so, yes, I would absolutely say that's correct.
0: Well, okay. And same thing. I mean, my teenage years, I... You know, you make your own choices, but I always uh, say that an explanation is different than a justification. And I feel like what you did was explain, not justify. And I would hopefully try to do the same thing on my end. Like it's, I start using these substances, not because I want to, but because I don't feel well mentally. Um, And I was thankfully still in my parents' house, but I had the other thing, like school. I don't have a normal high school diploma. I didn't finish the normal school thing. I just couldn't you know, the mental health had kind of taken over. And then when you add the substances to it, it's really um, not a great thing. So I don't mean to only hone in on that one point, but I just, I love that you shared that because not many people link these things together. And a lot of people write off some of the behaviors of those suffering with mental health challenges as, oh, this person's, you know, bad or mean, or at worst, they completely incorrectly will label these people as like crazy or something. Right. And it couldn't be further from the truth. These people are usually suffering a lot of the times with physical health complications.
1: Absolutely. And I have so many friends who I kind of ran with at those points in my life who I could say the same about that there was some sort of pain and it wasn't only a mental type of pain. Uh, And so, yeah. And for those people, that's exactly another reason I got into this because I don't think we realize how much just like little tweaks in our biochemistry matter for our whole health mental, physical, everything. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, going back on track here, I'm always fascinated with how people get into the natural side of things to begin with and pursue this stuff. Now, you had mentioned your husband was the one that came up to you and just said, hey, like, we need to do something different. Something needs to change here. So did he have some kind of background or interest in the natural side of things? Or did that not even necessarily mean trying something natural at that moment? It just meant we had to do something.
1: Yeah, it was kind of our backs were up against a wall because we didn't really have any other options. I mean, if we couldn't find people who knew what to do with me in Los Angeles, where we thought medical care could have been, you know, would be very, very good. uh, We were just like, okay, well, we're going to have to take it upon ourselves. Now, he is a type of person who he's kind of that skeptic and he kind of is like he goes against the current kind of guy. And so he's always looking around what everyone else is doing thinking, well, there's got to be a better way. And so that's just kind of what he brings to the table. What he also brings to the table, I think, is this belief that he deserves to have vibrant health and that that is actually achievable. And that was something that I totally lost touch with because throughout my teens and, you know, I just kind of learned, oh, you know, like everybody's kind of suffering. Everyone's suffering. It's just like, everybody's got something. That was kind of the attitude I had adopted. But when I met him and even when my nose would just run a little bit, he's like, your nose is running. How are you not noticing this? And I had just completely become disembodied and he brought me right back into my body uh, and demanded that we find the answers that he knew were out there.
0: That's so cool. I mean, I've interviewed, I mean, well over 40 people now for this podcast. I don't think I've ever had that exact situation. It's always like, you know, um, I had a gut feeling to just go research stuff on my own, or I had a parent that was into this type of stuff when I was younger. I think that's really powerful to have someone that is so important in our lives, you know, kind of come and help give that perspective. I mean, that's that's really cool because what you were dealing with and suffering from, and I'm talking about now a paradigm wise, is something that so many of us suffer from. You were probably in this boat of mixing up confuse, uh, common with normal. Is that correct? <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. And like my mom, that was kind of the message that we got was just like, oh, well, oh, well, like keep going. Doesn't matter. Everyone's Mm going to have something. And I totally get that. She came from, she was a special ed teacher and you know, everyone, you know, working with those children. And so in light of that, it kind of looked like you're doing well, everything, you know, everything's fine. Um, and she had the best of intentions. And I think that's a really important message at certain points, but I think that I had taken it uh, too far. I was that frog in boiling water, you know, where you just keep (laughs) up a little at a time and you don't notice. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're gone.
0: You know what? And yeah, I mean, we chuckle. And as people in the space, like I get it, like it is funny. But at the same time, I mean, what a great analogy because that is the truth. Because everyone always wonders, how does that person become 200 pounds overweight? Or wow, how did their skin get so bad? And they act like we did these things on purpose. And you know, it, it is. It's this subtle thing where, oh, it started with a headache every week or whatever, and then... All of a sudden, five years later, all of a sudden, five years later, you know what I mean? (laughs) You're in this state of complete chronic health and you're relying on a medication like where? Well, what happened? Like, how did this go wrong? How did I end up at such a young age dealing with this stuff? And all right. So you and your husband now are on this journey of trying to figure this stuff out what were you trying first that maybe was like a quick win for you? Because normally people don't just get lucky enough to find FDN. Like, um, I know that you said that you changed your diet first was like that really that profound of experience in and of itself that this just totally shifted your mindset.
1: Yeah, totally. Because I was, I was fit, very fit, like I said, and, um, I would go to work with these people uh, some of those beautiful people, you know, people with everyone else thinks are so beautiful. I think that's a very subjective thing. but um, And I would have these gnarly breakouts. My stomach sometimes would be so bloated, I would look pregnant. And I just felt like a total fraud. And so every day I was just like hoping someone didn't notice that really, I didn't have this all together. And so in 30 days, my digestive symptoms totally went away. And then it was probably over the next like three months, my skin cleared up. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm living in congruence. Like I'm actually able to you know, tell people how to be healthy because I have actually experienced it myself. And then when I stopped having these like panic attacks at night, because I used to come home from work and kind of like crumple into a ball and, and cry. (laughs) And I didn't know why. And I think a lot of it was just caffeine. I was over drinking way too much caffeine and I'm a very sensitive person and have a very sensitive system. And so, yes, for me, I don't think I ever had that stability Uh, ever in my life before, since I was a very little girl. So for me, it was a very profound shift. And I was like, this, it's this piece. I don't want to teach people how to work out all day anymore, even though I think there's value to that. I needed to teach them what I never had. And what I think a lot of people in our country are missing today that I think could really move them in the right direction.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, that's very cool. I mean, I definitely had profound experiences with dietary changes myself, but I love those, um, I mean, it's like a truly good story where it sounds like a lot of things got under control. And it's amazing to hear that diet alone can do that in many individuals. So how did this eventually lead to you even finding functional diagnostic nutrition, um, let alone wanting to become a practitioner? Because there are plenty of people that make these dietary changes and have great results. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go do this as work. So I'm curious what inspired you to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I learned, you know, I had these really profound changes when it came to food. But when I actually got into working with people, my story wasn't always everyone else's story. And I needed a way to kind of look under the hood and find their unique pathology because you can have the same symptom and very, you know, very different underlying pathologies, right? We can all have a headache and it because, could be because our hormones are imbalanced, could be because we're eating something, Um, you know, it could be a gut something going on. So I just wanted to be able to help people find that underlying thing. For me, I think mine was gluten, definitely um, also caffeine. And eventually I was able to identify some parasites and just general dysbiosis. But you can't really bring in a person and work with them around food and see what's in their gut um, or see which foods exactly they are you know, sensitive to, or at least at that point in time. And so I found FDN because I knew this is going to let me find each individual's unique Contributors to metabolic chaos, as they call it, and I just found that so empowering, and it was a way that I could really individualize things rather than just having to rely on what worked for me, and then kind of like crossing my fingers and hoping that would work for other people.
0: Well said. Now, I know you just actually listed a few great things, but I'm curious, like, what was maybe the main thing that you found on the labs when you went through FDN that uh, maybe it was just something you had never even considered for uh, before as being like a main contributing factor to your health issues.
1: Yeah, I had parasites. I had Blastocystis B. hominis, and that was kind of a nasty one, and several other ones. And it's funny because in FDN, when I first started, I realized. Or I thought, well, this is why, this is why, this is the reason. And then I realized as I went through the program that that's not why. The why is because my system was somehow vulnerable to those coming in and setting up shop, to the parasites and other bacteria I had going on. And so it it begged a different question entirely, right? And so that was really interesting, just how I actually felt so much better. And yet I still had imbalances in my gut that I could make better and so it was really really interesting my indica was out of control i wasn't digesting protein well and so even though i was feeling a lot better i think it just gave me again it was like another notch like okay this can get even better and you can feel even better than you're feeling right now because at in the beginning it was just like this contrast okay i didn't feel good i had breakouts i had this crazy digestive stuff and anxiety out over you know like that was kind of paralyzing at times and then i felt pretty good but fdn was helpful or made me feel even better. Um, So it's really powerful.
0: It's actually, you know, there's two ways to look at this because there's plenty of people listening that can be like, oh my gosh, she was still doing all these amazing things and then had all these problems on the labs. I look at that personally because I had a very similar experience as something to rejoice in because the fact that you could feel as good as you are describing, but then still had all these Things to work on and get better. It just shows what the actual potential of the human body's health is supposed to be, like the state of our health is supposed to be, rather. You know, I mean, it's we are supposed to feel good, we are supposed to be strong and fast and all these things. And um, unfortunately, in our modern world, we've just moved completely away from that, right?
1: Yeah. And that was one of my favorite explanations and illustrations in the FDN program was that wellness meter and how if like on a scale of zero to 10, we deserve to feel a 10 or a nine or a 10, but most of us feel like a five or a six. And then when we get down to a four, we'll take a drug, pop us back up to a five or a six, you know, and then we'll go along our business. And then again, we drop down to a four, we take something else. And we, we kind of live in this middle when we never reach that full potential. And I feel like that is what I finally experienced when I was able to learn about my body and what was, you know, worth for me and against me. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I want to give to other people. And I think that's what FDN allows us as practitioners to do, Mm -hmm. which is so cool.
0: Absolutely. Now for the remainder of the podcast, I think this is gonna be a fun transition, uh, because you know, many people that come on take clients directly. And actually, just to be clear, is that something that you still do? Or are you just focused with the other businesses at this point?
1: Yeah, you know what? I have a client or two every week. So, I just love working with people. So, nice. I still do. It's not the big part of my business. It's not what I do most of the time, but I do. I do. I definitely support I-
0: No worries. And I think that speaks to the work because there are so many people I know that are like killing it in like a business mentoring type of coaching program or they have a very successful product and they're like, "Ah, I still take on people, you know, because they just love what they're doing that much. That just goes to show how amazing this work is. Um, Okay. Well, that aside then, at one point you started, we'll start with Paleo Valley because again, that's something that I had heard of long before I even made the connection that an FDN uh, was a co-founder of that. So I find that very interesting. When did Paleo Valley start? Was that before you ever did FDN or after?
1: That was actually before FDN. That was wow. like when I um, I was working under Tracy Anderson, like I said, and I had just had this like health transformation. I was like, oh my gosh, like I love this company, but I'm going, my, me and my husband were like, but this is a message we need to get out. And so the opportunity came for me to go on tour with Jennifer Lopez on a world tour. And I was like, okay, I took that assignment knowing I'm going to save this money And then I'm going to kind of catapult into my next career. And it was, I was inspired to do physical products because when I was on tour and I had like finally got my digestive symptoms under control, but when we were in a different country every day and like food, the food supply was unpredictable. I didn't always have these snacks, you know, the healthful foods that I was, you know, had learned to rely on. And so I had my husband bring me over like this suitcase of beef sticks to Paris and, and I ate them and they were grass fed. And from what I knew, they were as good as it got and they still get, me digestive stuff and i was just like what what is the deal and so when i got back to america i went and i called all these manufacturers and i was like just ingredient by ingredient tell me about the what's in this beef sticks how is this made because i really wanted to create a protein snack because i was a fitness trainer because blood sugar stability was so key to my success and because i knew that Actually, grass-fed beef is one of the most mental health protective foods out there, and um, I just wanted women to be able to use that and men. And so I learned about this little ingredient called encapsulated citric acid that is the industry standard. It's how pretty much every beef stick is made, and it actually involves genetically modified corn mold and hydrogenated oil. And they don't have to label it, which I thought was just... Egregious, and so I decided. Well, I never saw my life going into beef stick manufacturing, but I feel like I need these products. I want to give these to my clients. I want to give these to my friends, and so we're going to have to make them. And so that's where the physical product came out of. I just wanted people who were like me, who were on the go, uh, could still like have this healthful, you know, paleo whole food diet without spending every minute in the kitchen.
0: I love how subtly you threw in that you were traveling around with Jennifer Lopez, like just as subtly as the whole beefsteak thing. Like that's pretty cool, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it really was an opportunity of a lifetime because I just got married, right, a few months ago. And she's like, are you going to come on tour with me? And I was like, how long is it? she's like, seven months. I was like... (gasps) Yeah, and I did. It was, so hard. it was so hard in certain parts, but also it's just, you don't say no to that. You just
0: right. don't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, that's a, such a cool story. I've met the most interesting people through FDN because, you know, health doesn't discriminate as you probably know all too well. And yeah. so we get all these people from these various backgrounds um, that are coming in and they just have done these Incredible and completely different, sometimes things, but then still have to focus on their health because again, it doesn't discriminate. So, uh, very cool, definitely unique on this podcast, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But getting to the beef stick side of things, that I, I love like you said, you know, you never saw your life going in that direction, but I mean, seriously, you guys make incredible products, um, and I know that you also, I mean, have one of the main supplements that I always knew Paleo Valley for was the organ meats. So. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know where to start there. Maybe we can start with the organ meats. Even in the world of paleo, especially if you're just buying like a paleo book from Barnes and Noble, they're not, from my understanding, really going to be listing the importance of organ meats. They're going to talk about eating primarily meat and vegetables, um, you know, nuts and seeds for some people if they can tolerate it. And that's that. But they're not saying, hey, well, the organ meats have actually been kind of shown to be a lot better than just the muscle meats. So when the heck did you start learning that you should be eating some of the things like liver, um, kidneys, et cetera?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. I never saw my life going there either. It was (laughs) when I was 30 and, you know, I hadn't really ever had this like real urge to have children. And then when I was 30, I was like, babies. And I realized I need to have a baby. I want a baby. And so because I had that transformation, I realized the power of food is medicine. I was like, I'm going to find the most nutrient dense foods in the world because obviously that's what I need to create a super baby. And that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I came across organ meats and like, I would, you know, okay, I'm, you know, what's next? And And I wanted that not to be true because I never wanted to eat them. But gram for gram, they're literally the most nutrient dense foods in the world. You know, B vitamins, vitamin A, all the minerals that were missing. They're powerhouses and they're kind of, like you said, this forgotten staple that our ancestors actually used to prioritize. They used to give organ meats to their young and to their pregnant. And these were very, very revered foods. And animals in the wild do the same thing. When they kill something, they eat the organs first. They know it's just like a treasure trove of everything that our body needs. And the interesting thing too is, whichever organ you're consuming, that's kind of like a reservoir of the nutrients that your own organ needs. It's kind of this principle like for like, or like is like, and eating an eyeball can maybe improve your eye health. Mm -hmm. So I did not want to believe that. And I, my husband tried every which way to make these, he soaked them in milk and, you know, we tried the liver pate and it was not happening for me. (laughs) And so we just realized people need this to be accessible to them because I can preach to everybody, oh, eat your organs. Oh, what a great idea. But if I can't do it myself, it's not something I can expect for other people because I'm pretty utilitarian. Like I drink a green shake that doesn't taste good and that people make fun of me for um, all the time. I can do that kind of stuff. But organs were different for me. So we put them in capsules. We took grass-fed heart, liver, and kidney. We used to have brain in our complex because I'm all about brain health given my Mm -hmm. But people really got freaked out by that, even though we were sourcing um, from New Zealand. And so we got rid of the brain, just heart, liver, and kidney. And like I said, um, heart's a great source of CoQ10. Kidney's a great source of selenium. And liver is literally the most nutrient-dense food in the world, found to be Mm -hmm. one of the most mental health protective foods, really great for iron issues. There was actually three physicians who won the Nobel Peace Prize in the 1930s for the finding that liver would actually cure... Uh, pernicious anemia so there's just so many different benefits and when they're in capsules you can actually take them and never have to taste them and of course they're from regeneratively raised animals which is a whole other story because you never want to consume an organ from a conventionally raised animal Um, people understand like the liver it's a processing factory and generally it's going to be safe if the animal is healthy but not all animals raised conventionally are healthy and so you always want it to be a
0: good source Well, there's so much fun stuff to kind of break down there. First of all, I love that you mentioned the whole idea of, you know, eating an organ for the health of that organ. Because if I'm not mistaken, Native Americans believed that, you know, hundreds of years ago and we actually are kind of proving that to be true now so i find that so fascinating how they understood that at the time and it's like yeah ancient wisdom and then here we are today we proved it finally just to go do the same thing they already knew to be correct you know
1: (laughs) yeah isn't that funny we're just kind of having to reverse i was that person who believed in you know medication when i was young and all you know science is going to show us the way and it's going to be better than nature but i've actually had to do a complete about face on that whole stance and now i'm believe the total Opposite that, yeah, ancient cultures, wisdom in nature. Uh, I think these are the things we should be looking to first.
0: And one other thing I wanted to go to because um, you know, obviously in your space, that's pretty common knowledge for you. But I, I think many people out there, even in the functional space, might not understood that whole thing of oh, we had brain in for a while, but people were worried about that, and then especially the relevance of it being sourced in New Zealand. Can you tell people why um, a lot of these? companies out there that do this kind of get it from New Zealand because it's a lot safer or considered safer at least.
1: Right. When it comes to brain, right, everyone's worried about mad cow disease, but we have to remember generally those were like can find animal feeding operation, cows, which are raised in very different conditions. Now you can go source uh, your brain in New Zealand because they, they, they don't really have an outbreak like that because they have different conditions in which they raise their animals. And so mm-hmm. it's very, very um, vigilantly monitored there. But still people had kind of heard and they see the way that we raise our animals in America and that really scared them. And so we realized we're going to reach fewer people if we keep the brain in here. I think eventually we'll do a separate brain complex. But for right now, we just wanted to get them into as many hands as possible. And we found the brain was actually an impediment. Now, we, yeah, we raise, uh, we only source in America now, though, because we want to create a demand here. And I think that sourcing from another country is great when you're looking at quality. But I also think if we can use, encourage and incentivize farmers here and create that demand for them, then we can actually put into practice these clean and regenerative agricultural practices that we need here to regenerate our soil. So we're trying to only exclusively source domestically now, and we do.
0: That's a, all right. That's amazing. So the New Zealand thing was really only a big deal then for the brain aspect.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think people here could do it well and do do it well, but there's just
0: such a stigma attached to it. In America. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, well, I think it's cool. <laughs> you know, I always got to be careful with my adjectives on here. Some people are like, cool was what you wanted to say for all that? Um, I thought so. And I know a lot of our audience does too. Now, my final thing is, and you just brought it up again, I'm actually curious, what is like, can you give us the summary of regenerative uh, farming? Like, what does that actually mean?
1: Oh, I love this question. Yeah, it's essentially a series of practices, whereas that like take into consideration the health of the soil. So essentially it's just, a bunch of agriculture practices that prioritize re um, mineralization and the health of the soil biology so it looks like keeping cover crops and it looks like reducing tilling and it looks like moving animals animal integration because their manure acts as like a fertilizer and they kind of like stomp around and create these little pockets for water and context is another one And so there are a number of little principles and ways that farmers and ranchers can go about rejuvenating the land because two thirds of the farmable land that we have has been lost in the last 40 years. And so we're at a crisis period. Actually, the UN has said that we only have about 60 years of topsoil left. And when I heard that and I had become a mother, I realized M- I don't want to see my son have a day where he can't raise his own food. And so we thought, okay, if we can do our small part and again, incentivize farmers to make the change to regenerative practices um, and kind of educate people around why that matters, then maybe we can actually have this revolution that I'm, I hope to kind of be a part of in our food industry and um, agriculture, animal agriculture specifically.
0: Okay. And so with the organ meats, I know that you had said, um, like, you were having a tough time. Like, you understood this is a good thing, but it is tough to eat them, and no doubt about it. So, it was the first time you were able to actually use them consistently with your own supplement line, or did you use someone else's?
1: No, you know what? I did. I made it happen, and I remember like the first time I ate organs or like liver. I would it. I would choke it down, but then I was so energized afterwards that I would do a happy dance. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, yay!" And so I would do it, but I would also dread it. And I was like, Ooh, I, you know, I just don't want this to be a thing. Like I, I want to make an easier way. And I knew like, I am going to put mind over matter. You know, I was going to make it happen, but I wasn't going to be able to share it. And like, this is as much about sharing these things with other people as it is about me being healthy. So that's why we put them in the capsules.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. And well, I mean, and listen, that's the way to do it. And for those out there, I mean, when it's a you know, desiccated liver or something, this is really, it's not like uh The process stuff where you're losing so much of the nutritional value, you know, I mean, you're able to maintain a lot when you use a process like the ones that Paleo Valley uses, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're freeze dried. And so, yeah, and not denatured at all. When you heat up proteins, you can actually lose and denature them and lose minerals, but not when you freeze dry. So it's a very, you know, fragile delicate process and they're in, um, you know, gelatin capsules. And so, yeah, it's very clean and we were very mindful, not only of the sourcing, but of the processing, just like birth to creation of the product. We, we really care about all of the steps in between.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. So other than the energy, was there anything that you noticed? Because I know at that time, I mean, you had already done a lot of work on your health. So, but I've, heard miracle stories about what has happened to people when they're getting the right nutrients from these types of things. So did you notice any other changes outside of energy?
1: Yeah, energy and just more mental stability. I just felt like a a contentness, you know, like just like a happiness. And it's funny because they just did research out of Columbia University in 2018. And they actually named the most mental health protective foods and organs are at the top of the list. Wow. So, Yeah. It's crazy. It's not for me, what I respect. <laughs> people need this. I know, but I have like customer stories of this, like 60 year old men who are like, oh my gosh, I'm doing so many more pull ups every day. I'm just like invigorated. And the iron issue is a big one too. A lot of people say, no matter what I did, supplements I took, how I ate, I could not get my iron levels back in the normal range. Um, but your supplement has been able to do that for me. So those are the three big ones I hear all the time.
0: Okay. And for those, I think. Uh, perhaps, and I could be wrong, but maybe even a more common concern outside of the mad cow disease is I've heard of you know vitamin A toxicity from liver, for example. And this is a serious question that I have because I've never really done my due diligence with this. If I'm taking the standard amount in a supplement like Paleo Valley. Do I ever need to worry about that happening? Because from my understanding, you need to eat a pretty decent amount of liver to begin with to get this to happen. But apparently, if you ate it every single day, eventually this could happen for certain people. So can you kind of clear up that because that would really be helpful for even myself?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And it just depends on kind of what else you're doing. Like, are you also eating organ meats? Are you taking cod liver oil? The, The general rule is... About six to eight ounces per week is what you're looking at in the context of an otherwise pretty normal diet. And so, our supplement—if you take the six capsules a day—you're going to end at about four ounces a week. And so, I do have people who double it if they're not taking cod liver oil or any sort of like retinol or artificial synthetic vitamin A. And you should be totally fine. And sometimes I'll even go a little bit above that if if, if I'm particularly feeling drained or whatever. But of course, I'm always watching out for. My my other sources of vitamin A. And it's also interesting to note that the research, at least the the study that looked at pregnant women was using a synthetic vitamin A. And when they're looking at vitamin A toxicity, it's like usually like polar bear livers, I believe that they were consuming that had massive amounts of vitamin A. So usually it isn't a concern. I haven't actually ever run into anyone who has had that problem with our supplement, but that's probably because we landed in the middle because I knew there's other things people are doing that could factor in. And so I didn't want to go to the highest possible dose right away. I just kind of wanted people to be able to mix and match with their lifestyle.
0: That's really smart. And that was actually super insightful for me. I did not know And uh, you clearly know your stuff just throughout this whole podcast. It's obvious, but I love these little side things like with the polar bear liver. I'm like, okay, like never have heard that one. So that's awesome. Um, What, you know, well, first of all, where can people find this? Is this something that they can just get on Amazon or should they go to your website? Because I kind of want to talk about your other company as well, but let's just start with Paleo Valley uh, first.
1: Yeah, you know, go to paleovalley.com. And if you're someone who loves looking at reviews, we have a few reviews on our site. But also, we have a lot of reviews on Amazon. So you can do either or. Uh, We're going into retail. This is really exciting. Oh, Um, wow. We're preparing to, at least. We haven't been able to historically because the quality had to stay so high that if we then added more cost onto the customer, I thought it would just make people not able to afford it. And I didn't want that. But I think we're at a place where we can maybe make it happen. So you can look there too. But yeah, paleo valley.com. You can always reach out to me at autumn at paleo valley.com. And I love hearing any and all feedback, comments, questions. Uh, I just like hearing from anyone. So reach out to me there too.
0: Very nice. Actually, we're going to have to talk real quick after this because I have an awesome local Uh, chain that has about five, six locations, they would 100% take those in. I've always been so mad that there are no organ supplements in these places. I thought it was a regulation. It's just no one's thought to do that yet.
1: Oh, no, I don't know. You know, we were, we're going for the beef sticks first.
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. I'm sorry. I always, obviously you guys offer multiple things. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it might be possible. I I don't know. We haven't explored that one yet, but I can definitely talk to my (laughs) team about it. My husband might know more actually.
0: (laughs) <laughs> cool. All we right. So we'll, yeah. no problem.
1: Any, any referral. So that's amazing.
0: The other thing that you guys have going on is wild pastures, which that was, I didn't even know about that until I read your bio. So I think this is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about what wild pastures does?
1: Yeah. So that was the company that we started after our son was born and we got to know these farmers and ranchers and the nuances in the way that they were raising their animals and the fact that, like the UN said, we only at the current rates of soil loss, we only have sixty years of topsoil left. So we thought, wow, some of our farmers are really going above and beyond, and they're really passionate. Like one of our farmers in particular, he used to sell genetically modified seeds. He and his father did; it was just what they did together. And his father ended up having Parkinson's at the age of forty, and so he realized that these chemicals that they were using and being exposed to probably was contributing. And so he did a comp- had a complete revolution in the way that he thought about farming. And he did a total 180. And now he has Yale doing a study with him on agroforestry and regeneration of his land. And so we were just like, wow, this is incredible. We need to find a way to connect these farmers to consumers, because I think those farmers, a lot of them didn't want to market themselves, didn't know how to find a demand. And it's kind of a risk to take, you know as a farmer to go against the conventional system without the subsidies and you know and so we wanted to find a way to support them and a way that the consumer could actually afford it because it, we didn't want it to be an elitist thing anymore because it's so hard to find and very expensive so we wanted to cut out the middleman connect the farmer with the consumer the farmers that were doing the regenerative practices of course and then provide them at wholesale prices and so we knew that that was going to be really hard but we knew that we it, it had to be done in order to kind of move this needle there is this quote by Dr David Johnson and he said if we can transition only 10 to 20% of agricultural land we can actually begin to draw down carbon because there's been a lot of really cool research recently about the potential for regenerative agriculture to take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it underground where it actually belongs in addition to totally rehabilitating our soil which not only helps us to achieve like more nutrient dense plants and for the animals and for humans but also allows us to prevent droughts and floods because the water holding capacity is not um, of healthy soil is a lot more extensive than when you just have this dirt essentially which is a lot what we have in a lot of places in America and it just kind of runs off and creates this flooding and then it's not effective rainfall they call it and so for nutrient deficiency reasons for climate change reasons for drought prevention for preventing the uh, degradation of our pollution through chemicals and fertilizers and all of that we just thought this is a massive opportunity. We have to create this meat delivery service so that basically what you do is you just become a member and then you customize your box every month with chicken and, you know, and ham or, and and also beef and then wild seafood too. And then you can totally cut, customize it make it your own. And then it just shows up on your doorstep. So we just wanted to make it easy for people to have really high quality animal products that actually improve their health and the health of the environment.
0: This is so cool. I love that you guys are doing this. Is that just wildpastures.com?
1: It is. And yeah, we have a warehouse in Phoenix and also in Denver. Denver was our first and we are just opening one as of June 15th in Southern California. So, uh, and then we'll hope to be nationwide really soon, but we can actually ship outside those areas as long as it's within two day shipping. Um, so yeah, we can kind of get at least most of the Western part of the United States and we're going to move into the East too.
0: Well, congratulations. And I mean, definitely when you move into the East, I know I'll be excited because I travel. uh, um, I like to go to Florida a lot, especially the pandemic allowed for more of that since a lot of the work was virtual. And I just remember being down there. And I mean, here, like I had already talked about with you, I have that um, local health food store chain that I love, get great prices on everything. Everything's local awesome but when i'm down there i mean i'm stuck with whole foods and sprouts and i do like those stores but they are so expensive so to know that i can be traveling and getting great quality stuff and of course supporting at the end uh that's yeah that's about as good as it gets i'll definitely be using that (laughs) and for anyone listening this will all be in the show notes so autumn i got a couple more questions for you really quick and one since you are actively taking clients whether it involves you know the organ meat thing, or just even diet in general as the main thing. I'm curious to just hear from an FDN perspective, if you have any awesome like client testimonials, and I'm sure you do since you're still doing this work. But really what I'm looking for is someone that came to you, they might be at the end of the rope or just have gotten no relief elsewhere. They hear about the FDN philosophy and learn about it, and it just changes their whole life around because I never get tired of hearing those stories.
1: Yeah, I totally do. I'm trying to think of my favorite one. It's so hard because I have so many. Um, but I think one of my favorite ones of all time was this this guy, we're going to call him Jeremy. And he came to me and he was having panic attacks every single day. They were debilitating. And um, he was losing weight quickly and he couldn't put it on. I think his wife started calling him the skeleton and he was really sad. And so He was just like, I've tried everything. I've done detoxes. I've done cleanses. I'm just like, it's wasting my money. I feel like on everything I can find. And so we ended up doing some testing and he had some gluten stuff. In fact, we would notice, you know, it was causing significant gut damage, but he could eat gluten and then five days later, he would have a panic attack. It was crazy. And so we made that really simple connection. We got the gluten out of his diet. We did some gut healing stuff. And um, he's a new person. He tells me that he's calm. He, he feels like he has this... Um, command over and understanding of his body that he didn't have before. But yeah, it was basically just identifying some really simple food sensitivities and having some parasites. And we put him on this gut healing protocol with, you know, basically standard herbs and everything. And um, he was a new man. It was of course malabsorption. He wasn't able to, you know, absorb any of the nutrients, which is why he was losing weight and probably also contributing to his anxiety, as was the gluten. We know gluten is one of the most dangerous (laughs) foods for people with mental health issues. There are just the craziest stories. And his was actually the most profound that I've ever worked with. but. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's really gratifying to see people who have tried everything and are at the end of their ropes. And, it, you know, doing that testing, it seems like a lot at first, but it isn't actually that overwhelming. And the insight you get is absolutely invaluable. So, yeah.
0: That was wonderful. I, I Again, I never get tired of hearing those because they're all unique, but they're really not in the sense that, you know, the system just consistently works. And like you said, it seems like a lot maybe in the beginning, but no, when you're really been sick for a while, you need to look at it from a few different angles. It's not that much. Um, we're just getting the main heavy hitters and, um, Wow. I mean, that's so cool. I love it. Can I say My- one
1: more too that I just want to say? Because oh, I don't like
0: everybody absolutely. Understands absolutely.
1: Wow, cool. <laughs> I worked with a little boy too and he had um, tics and that was very, you know, kind of stressful and just like facial tics and he was just getting into school and um, people, people, his parents were worried that people are going to be making fun of him. And so with just a little testing, did some organic acids testing. We found a lot of yeast overgrowth and just some other imbalances that we could then take care of and you know, put him on the antimicrobial protocol and some glutathione and, you know, vitamin C and just these little small tweaks corrected to B vitamin deficiency. And he has no ticks anymore. And I just, wow. I found that so gratifying. And, and sometimes when you fall off the pro protocol or, you know, you come after the holidays, there might be like a little flare, but eventually if you, you know how to get back there, it is so much less stressful um, for everyone involved. So yeah, that was really powerful too.
0: I think that's the biggest thing. It's, I really don't look at it as a bad thing if we fall off the wagon every now and then and then we see because it's not that I want people to be under stress, but I know for me that actually helped solidify some of these lifestyle changes because when it works for the first time just as slowly as it came on. It kind of just as slowly goes away. It's a little faster, but, you know, it's not overnight. And so we're like, oh, well, I can eat that or do this. And then you go and do it and you realize, well, wait a second. I break out every time I do that or I get yeah. super bad stomach pain. And, you know, eventually you just start to honor yourself a lot more. and You're like, OK, I think I can move away from that. And you have that ability because that's what we teach people is how to actually do this long term. Right. So they don't need to call Autumn every single time and say, oh, I have a tick. What, you know. What, what happened, what, what's going on, they kind of know how to course correct. It's, it's a true uh, program of teaching people. It's not a revolving door type of business.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: My final question for you is the signature question on the FDN Thrive podcast. And I'm curious to hear what your answer is going to be with this. And the question is, if Autumn had a magic wand and you could get everyone in this world to do one thing or not do one thing for their health, what is that one thing you'd get them to do?
1: Yes, I love this question. And I think this question or my response is going to be a direct (laughs) reflection of what's happening this year. And I would just say, I want people to believe that your body and the world are working for you. And to like stay curious and just try and stay out of fear and stay out of judgment and know that these symptoms that you're experiencing aren't because you were dealt with poor genetics or you're just destined to struggle all the time. They're just like little messages, like little whispers from your body saying, hey, hey you know, something's out of balance here and I really want to be in balance. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know. And so I think if people kind of had that relationship to their body where they knew that they were in partnership, um, that, um, I think it would make a lot of people feel a lot better and have success a lot sooner.
0: Ooh, she did trick me with that one. I thought she was going to say something food related, but of course I have learned by now. And if you're an active listener, you know this. You cannot guess what these people are going to say. It's always like a huge curveball. <laughs> now, I do want to make a quick note. Obviously, you guys know where to find Autumn now. You can go to paleovalley.com or wildpastures.com, but if you happen to be an FDN trainee or FDN practitioner listening to this, I just wanna know for the trainees, you can, um, once you graduate, actually become an affiliate, and of course, if you're an active graduate, you can actually become an affiliate right now. So what you wanna do is reach out to affiliates at paleovalley.com, and I believe, and I apologize if I messed up here, Autumn, you can discuss with her there about the wild pastures because she does offer referrals for wild pasture, and affiliate deals for people in FDN so I think that's so cool um, especially for on my end it is about as genuine as it could get because I was recommending her product to people before I knew she was an FDN before I knew who she was and what she kind of stood for although I definitely could have guessed considering what her uh, brands are all about so I definitely recommend reaching out I know that's what I'm doing after this uh, show tonight <laughs> I was just like why not why not get a little extra cash for doing something that I think I should be recommending anyway With that said, I want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Stitcher, if you're an Android user, we'd love you even more than we already do. Outside of that, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, and thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.